This is Inside Berkeley, and I'm Leslie Mahoney. In this episode, a conversation with guitar professor David Fusinski. He directs Berkeley's Planet Microjam Institute, which explores the microtonal harmonies that go beyond the 12-tone Western chromatic scale and how they can be used to create an entirely new musical language. He talks about what piqued his interest in microtonality, what's on the horizon for microtonal sound, and why Berkeley, steeped in international influence, is the perfect place to explore this new frontier. Hello, David. Thanks for joining us in the Burns Studios today. Thanks for having me. Um, we're going to talk about microtonal music today. You direct Berkeley's Planet Microjam Institute, which is rooted in microtonal sounds. What is microtonal music? Well, first of all, our music system, if you look at a piano, is 12 notes per octave. So from one note, if you go up 12 adjacent notes, then you'll come back to the same note an octave higher. That's the system that we work off of. That's what our instruments are tuned to. That's when we listen to Beethoven or Hendrix or Miles Davis, most avant-garde musics. This is what we're used to. Microtonal music in general is music that uses other tuning systems. The system I mostly work off is 24 notes per octave, which is quarter tones. So twice as many notes. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it's twice as much fun. Uh, per octave. I, I, I'm, I'm very excited about Turkish, Chinese, Vietnamese, Indian music. Um, I guess maybe I should talk about how I got into it. Yeah, what I, piqued your interest? This, I was just listening to... Uh, I had non, non-Western music classes, and some of the music really blew me away. But the ruler that we were using with 12 notches on it, or 12 units, didn't work. For example, for blues, all these sweet little bends and so forth, these, these notes that fall between the cracks on a piano, um, you, can't, you can't accurately represent them with 12 notes per, per octave. So microtonal music is music that uses other tuning systems. I guess it was an uh, Arabic call to prayer. This was an amazing wow. singer. And I just tried to write it down, and it just it didn't work. I needed a different ruler. I needed a different system to represent, to understand for myself. Um, eventually, to make a long story short, I went back to school, got my master's degree at New England Conservatory. And just it's basically a degree in microtonality, although they don't offer that. But I just took every class that had anything to do with microtonality. And the system I work off is 72 notes per octave. And I use that to transcribe and um, teach and explain to other people and experiment. It's basically a way of communicating with other people and telling them what to do and getting them to understand and then getting them to experiment for themselves. And how did your travels influence this? Well, um, I was already really deep into it, but uh, when I was uh, touring with Hiromi for about three years, uh, we really went to places I had never been to before. Taiwan, Philippines, Hong Kong, many cities in Japan I'd never been to, a lot of uh, uh, cities and countries in Eastern Europe I hadn't played. And I would always ask the promoters and often the volunteers and helpers on festivals or musicians. I would say, hey, what's going on? You know, who's experimenting with this? Is anyone, you know, 
using their their own native folk music. And this is where I should say uh, about 75 to 80% of the world's music is microtonal. So I would say, hey, um, is anyone experimenting with, with uh, local tuning systems and, you know, maybe mixing it with jazz and so forth? And usually people would just stare. <laughs> um, the the big re uh, revelation for me is that, you know, being on the road, I was always, um, or being away from Berkeley, I was always looking uh, somewhere else to find, uh, to get answers. And the fact of the matter that many of the answers are here at Berkeley and in the uh, greater Boston area, New England Conservatory, the Boston Microtonal Society. And... Um, I actually learned a lot from Berkeley students because one, uh, 25% of our students are international students, and many of them have a non-Western music background, either intentionally where they studied or just something that's, that, that was in their ear. Can we hear an example of some microtonal music? Yeah. Maybe it would be a good idea to play it uh, a classical quarter tone piece and just a warning many people are either <laughs> surprised at what they're going to hear or they don't like it right away because they um, experience it as out of tune but to me this is really beautiful and then I'll show you what we do in our microtonal ensemble Great. so this is a quarter tone piano piece by the Czech composer Alois Haba written in I believe 1926. Had nice. enough already? <laughs> <laughs> and this is how we experiment with it. I tell students, you know, this is what we're going to do. Do you hear any beats? Can we try something? Here's the same piece uh, that I arranged for the ensemble and eventually recorded with uh, Berkeley students. <laughs> kind of nice. gives you an idea of the direction we're going in. Good pairing there. Um, so Berkeley's really fertile ground then for making this kind of sound. It's it's really fertile ground for very common sense r reasons. This is pretty far out for most people to um, understand or want to experiment with. And given at my age, I'm pu pushing 50... <laughs> Um, I don't have a lot of peers, uh, especially in New York, who um, 
you know, we all have houses and spouses and cars and kids and bills and, you know, me calling up people and say, hey, you want to jam and play out of tune and try some stuff. <laughs> but the students eat it up. And um, it's really exciting. Uh, one of the really exciting uh, experiences for me is, uh, uh, I'll give you an example. There was a student from Hong Kong. He came as... Uh, Many students do. Um, they want to. They come here and they want to learn jazz or rock, groove, and so forth. So he kind of showed up as the next heavy metal god in waiting. And I turned him on to some jazz stuff and so forth. And I said, "Hey, you know, maybe you could turn me on to some of you know the stuff where you're from." It turns out his parents are traditional Chinese musicians. So I said, "Oh man, I'd love to hear that stuff." And um, it was kind of eye-opening for him to see that someone was interested in his background, and he didn't realize he had this whole background at his uh, disposal. He told me that he started to experiment. You know, I, he took, you know, I, he tried some of my suggestions of how to make a guitar sound a little bit like a uh, moon moon lute or a guzang. Uh, Guzeng is kind of a zither. People kind of know the Japanese version called a kodo. And he said he went back home and he said his parents were shocked. But they were also really, really proud. So I'm excited about uh, addressing, well, there's many issues I'm addressing, but one is uh, there's kind of a third wave of students here. One is uh, people come here and they want to learn jazz and so forth. But there's there's a second wave where they realize well it's not really what I want to do and you know I have my own culture and so they return home with their training but they they become classical I don't know Indian Turkish what have you but there's a third wave of yeah I want to do rock and jazz great then they realize there's more stuff out there then they realize they have their own background there's other things but then they also realize well I don't want to be a traditional Iranian or Indian player I want to experiment. I want to experiment with grooves, um, orchestration, and so forth. And basically what I give them is a ruler. I say, here's this ruler. It has 72 notches. I can show you how to transcribe things and explain how to play them to other, uh, uh, to, to, to play them with other people. And he, if they don't like that system, they can make up their own ruler. There's plenty of people who work off 24, 36, 48, either multiples of 12 or other um, just intonation systems. Uh, a lot of people do 19, I hear 19 and 31 tone. Those are systems that approximate the overtone series better than our 12 note per octave. So it's really exciting to put this information out there and then see what people do. It really could be like the perfect fusion for them, what they bring. Uh, it could, hopefully. And you were behind the creation of the Institute, Planet Microjam. How did that come Yes, about? I have to tell you, uh, with Roger Brown, our president, and Larry Simpson, our provost, and Matt Marvulio, the dean of my uh, division, uh, but, but with Larry and, and Roger coming here, it's a real breath of fresh air, and they're just totally open to any kind of new ideas. And um, I... After I got my master's, I said, well, can I try and teach a class? And they said, talk to uh, Ron Savage in the ensemble department. And Ron listened. <laughs> he 
he scratched his head a little bit and he said, you know, I honestly don't really understand what you're trying to do, but you seem to be very, very serious about it. Let's give it a shot. Let's start a proto class. And that was about five years ago. And um, since Berkeley has one of the initiatives at Berkeley is to try and create something new, um, Roger and Larry were really open to my ideas. So they said, well, um, we don't have a lot of money, but we can give you a little bit of funding to... You know, if you can score some gigs in here in New York, um, I was also able to bring uh, three students on their own for a week. It was partially playing and teaching. We also uh, played a festival in Italy. They said, we'd like to show, uh, hopefully show the world what we're doing here. So then that that's where the idea of the Institute started. It's really exciting. That is exciting. Can you talk a little bit about your own music, especially maybe the birdsong piece? Oh, yeah. Um, well, first of all, my music, maybe it's a result of my background. My mom's from South Carolina. My father's from Germany. I grew up in two different cultures. And uh, my last name is Fusinski. Maybe I was meant to fuse things together. I don't know. But I was... From the get-go, always curious about, well, what if I take a melody from this jazz piece, and what if I take a harmony from this classical thing, and what, I t what if I took a groove from here and just mix them together, just collide them? It's almost kind of like a kid with the first chemistry set. Let me see how I can blow things up. <laughs> and uh, so the result of that was Screaming Headless Torsos and other bands like Michelle and Deggio Cello I was able to play with. Then uh, I got exposed to microtonality at New England Conservatory. And for me, the, what's exciting is microtonality is much older than our, our tuning system. Our tuning system is only a couple hundred years old. I mean, the big picture, that's pretty young. So when it comes to non-Western uh, traditions, microtonality is very old. In terms of classical microtonality, starting with uh, Julian Carrillo from Mexico, it's just over 100 years. But what's really exciting for me is in the context of jazz and groove musics, it's just about virtually non-existent. I mean, here's a place where you could really be Captain Kirk, a musical mm -hmm. Captain Kirk, and go where no one else has gone before. Granted, a lot of people don't want to go there. <laughs> but I think, it's, I think it's happening. I think it's funky. And there's only, uh, um, I mean, I'm working right now with another Berkeley graduate, uh, Rudresh Mahantapa. His last record, he basically built around me. He really, he gave me microtonal modes and said, here, you know, go to town, harmonize, do whatever you want. So with him, Steve Lehman, myself, Steve Coleman kind of dabbled with it. There's not that many. I mean... Uh, students say, hey, can you give us some, come, some, some stuff to listen to? And I tell them, you know what? Not really. You know, here's an opportunity to, an opportunity to actually do, actually possibly innovate before you even leave school. So blank slate almost. Ba basically, yeah. just about. What's, what's on the horizon? What's the future? I mean, I think the future is now is kind of what you're saying. But... Um, I want to find more non-Western players like this amazing wind player, Yazi Gul, to experiment with. For me personally, I'm still dealing with 24, 36, 48, 72 notes per octave. I think that stuff is cool, but 
there is something called just intonation that ultimately I think where the the action is really at. And uh, I'd like to play a piece that is a 23-note per octave. It's non-tempered. It's based on the Fibonacci series. That's all I understood. <laughs> there was more information that went right over my head. But, you know, I don't, to a certain extent, I don't need to know more because it's, I think it's just amazingly beautiful. This is, uh, I'll play a little bit of Mood of Neptune by Stephen James Taylor. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for your time. Thank you. Really appreciate it. You can learn more about Planet Microjam at berkeley.edu slash focus. Go to berkeley.edu slash music to listen to more podcasts. This episode was engineered by student Ryan Walsh in partnership with The Burn. I'm Leslie Mahoney for Inside Berkeley.